Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With AIB, proud supporter of the Goal Mile. You can register now at goalmile.org. AIB, we pledge to do more. Now we are in peak winter season when it comes to respiratory viruses and experts say they are on the increase, especially in those under the age of five. Dr. John Toomey is consultant paediatrician at the Children's Arc at University Hospital Limerick and he joins me on the line right now. A good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Th- thanks very much for having me on the show. You're very welcome. So you've noticed an increase in presentations uh, at the emergency department at UHL. So what are you classically seeing, John? Well, Joe, if we just give you, if we would just put it into context, really, um, last year children weren't uh, mixing with each other, and I suppose they weren't uh, um, exposed to these viruses or spreading them. And this year, there's more contact between children, and so we're seeing increased numbers. Our attendances have increased by about 55 percent uh, year on year, and admissions by 49 percent year on year. So we're seeing a whole plethora of, of presentations, but particularly respiratory issues. Um, children presenting with bronchiolitis um, caused by RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, and also presenting with influenza and flu. Um, We're seeing some patients come in with COVID as well, but not as many as are seen in adults, thankfully. And thankfully, children up until this point aren't becoming as unwell as uh, our adult um, patients. So they're all coming through with these viruses, and the problem that we have in uh, pediatrics is that we cannot differentiate at the door um, what is what, what the, the virus they're presenting with is. So they all have to be treated as if they have COVID. And obviously we have to don on the PP and all that kind of stuff and uh, respect that they could well have COVID as well as everything else. Mm, that's very so, challenging, isn't it? Well, it is really. And, you know, we have staff working in the emergency department uh, fully um, uh, kitted with the COVID gear on for, you know, 12 hours or more. And, and how does very... a young child react when they see a doctor or nurse coming at them with all that stuff on? Well, it's very interesting I should mention that. We thought that that was going to be a problem, but I think, you know, when, when people see, see um, um, adults make eye contact with them and when they hear the friendly voice, children aren't so perturbed at all. It's more the adults that are worried that the children will be upset rather than the children being upset themselves. They seem to get on with it quite easily and have no difficulty, really. Mm. So there's this combination then, as you say, you have to assume it's COVID until you rule that out. Um, yeah. Clearly, if it is COVID, that requires one regime. Yeah. If it isn't COVID, it could be a lot of other things that are surging this winter. Well, indeed, indeed. And I think that's an important point that it's not all about COVID. And um, most of our presentations are uh, turn out not to have COVID. And influenza is on the increase. Um, and I think it's important to recognize, um, I'm sure you've been talking on your show about vaccinations with COVID, but there is um, already and always has been a, a flu vaccine, which is readily available for children between the ages of 2 and 17. They can access this directly with their own family doctor. It's not an injection. It's given intranasally up the nose. Um, it's a little uncomfortable for a few seconds, but, but it's given two, two, one dose up each nostril and can, can provide a very effective protection against influenza. Children with flu can get quite unwell, and um, influenza is very contagious among children. So it's important to recognize that the influenza is also out there, as well as bronchiolitis and indeed COVID. Right. And RSV? Yes, RSV is respiratory syncytial virus. That's the virus that causes bronchiolitis. Right. And um, most cases are RSV positive, but some are RSV negative. 
Um, the other difficulty we have, Joe, about these pre- uh, presenting complaints is that there's no effective treatment for viruses. No antibiotics will work. Ventolin inhalers and nebulizers won't work. And steroids don't work. So there's maybe a misunderstanding amongst the general population that they could go to their GP and get one of these um, prescriptions and, and be well. Um, so what if does I could, work? Well, basically, time, time um, sorts things out. We provide supportive care with oxygen or um, nebulized um, saline, if needs be, to help clear the airways, but really supportive care. If I could maybe, Joe, explain to your listeners what they should do if they're worried or, or, or how to look yeah. out for presentations, um, maybe. We're chatting to Dr. John Toomey, consultant paediatrician at the Children's Arc at UHL. Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, so, so I suppose if, if people are worried at home, they should look out for their little ones to see if they have a high temperature and look out for poor feeding, rapid breathing, wheezing, and maybe if they've got a dry or persistent cough, that could be a sign of a respiratory issue. But they should control their temperatures and their pain with Calpol and Nurofen regularly. Calpol can be given every uh, four times uh, a day, and Nur- that's within 24 hours, and Nurofen can be given three times within 24 hours. It's important to read the dose on the bottle when they're giving that medication and to recognize that Calpol isn't recommended for under two months of age and Nurofen under three months of age. So any child of that age or infant of that age with a high temperature should probably seek medical attention with their GP. Now, John, there is, to be frank about this, colossal mental pressure on everyone at the moment for the reasons of COVID. Obviously, we're getting close to Christmas. People, because we just, as a society, understandably, build Christmas up so much in our minds, are utterly terrified that Christmas could be ruined by a positive COVID test. The flip side of that then is that if a child gets ill, two things might happen. First of all, people might be going, well, it's definitely not COVID. But of course, you have to go and get tested. And then they worry about the level of illness involved at home when they might go to the hospital. Or even, is a child well enough, if they're not well, to be taken for the COVID test? That's, that's, that's a good point, and I understand all, all of those concerns. I mean, c- certainly um, most children with viruses can be managed in the, ho- in the home setting. Um, it's important um, on, on the basis of the government um, advice to get the COVID test um, I- 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 if necessary. But, but leaving that apart, I, I think it's important that parents recognize when to present to their GP and when to present to the emergency department. So, so if, I, if I could give that advice to mm-hmm. people, maybe so. Uh, so. So obviously if you're concerned, if the temperature doesn't settle having given Calpol and Nurofen, if they, if they, particularly an, an infant, if they have dry nappies for over 12 hours, or if they're down to less than half their usual oral intake in the previous 24 hours, if they're tired, lethargic, or irritable, uh, or if, they remain, if the parents remain worried, of course they should see their GP or, or, or Shannon Doc. We understand the difficulty of accessing GPs, and that can be difficult at times. Our GPs are flat out with everything else, uh, as well as dealing with sick children. But, um, yeah, but they are Shannon available. Doc are actually advertising on this radio station this week. I've heard them about their uh, service over Christmas, which will be very important. What about the rapidity of a, a child's breathing? Okay, so, so obviously babies and the children's breathing depends on the age that the, that, that the baby, but what, what the, the child or baby is. So what I'd say would be is if the breathing is above what, what, you, what it had previously been. Um, uh, so to, to give a figure out like that I think would be misleading. And obviously, you know, just because the figure is less than the figure I might give out, it doesn't mean the child isn't unwell. So I suppose if the breathing is over and above what we'd normally expect or what the child had been doing previously would right. be the advice. And, and by the way, 
Okay, then what about the average length of stay and what you are dealing with then in the paediatric uh, unit? And, and this is before, you know, we really get into what Omicron might do. So our average length of stay is, is quite low in comparison to our adult colleagues in general, but particularly with RSV-positive bronchiolitis, babies can be unwell for up to two weeks, so some, some babies can be in, in hospital for, for that length of time. Now, most babies and children will be in for five or six days until they have no, no additional oxygen requirement for 24 hours. So it can be a rather protracted process, and I heard you saying earlier about the worry of, of Christmas. Uh, obviously, you know, Christmas is an important time for family and to be with family particularly this time of, uh, this year uh, of all years but you know uh, illness would would um, uh, trump out uh, trump that uh, obviously always and we'd always encourage even if it's christmas eve or christmas day that that if parents were worried they would present to the gp or shannon doc mm-hmm. or indeed to the emergency department and finally dr john what do you think you're facing um, uh, post christmas into the new year and, and what are your thoughts on the COVID vaccine for five to eleven-year-olds. Okay, so so uh, our worry is that we are at capacity at the moment in terms of admissions uh, here in UHL, and our concern is that we'll get an increased surge in the other respiratory viruses, um, COVID apart. Nobody knows what's happening with the COVID virus, but I suppose the Omicron variant is pres- is presenting an, an added challenge for us. And increasingly, the, the, the age profile is reducing, and we're, we're concerned that m- maybe children will be affected um, subsequently over the Christmas period. But I suppose we are reassured that so far, children haven't been as badly affected as adults with COVID. Um, and that is reassuring for us. But we are working at capacity at the moment, and I suppose uh, our role is to try and ensure that patients are managed uh, appropriately and children are managed appropriately at home in the first instance and do present present when they should present. I I think prevention is is an important message as well to give to to, to your listeners in terms of uh, regular hand washing, which is obviously everybody's doing now with COVID and that, but also um, to cough into people's sleeves if they have a a cough or cold, because adults can certainly be RSV positive as well and either be asymptomatic or not be terribly unwell with it. And also, if there's any sick siblings around to try and keep them away, we understand how difficult this can be when you have a a small little um, five- or six-year-old to try and keep them away from their siblings. But that is important. But I can't stress enough the importance of the flu vaccine, uh, which is freely available with your GP um, and should be taken up. And then the COVID vaccine for kids? Uh, So the COVID vaccine for kids is really important. It's, It's not just that it's important for children, but it also protects the community and the, those most, most vulnerable within the community, their grandparents and their, their elderly relatives and, and you know, friends of their families. Um, I, I think the message still is that uh, the, the vaccine is safe and should be administered to those who uh, are eligible when they're eligible um, because yeah, the, the, the only way out of this, of this pandemic, in our view, is um, through uh, mass vaccination. Um, okay. Could I could I say something finally, just sure. just to reassure people, if if you don't mind, Joe? Um, it's just important to reassure people that that most cases of viruses are not COVID, 
and are managed safely and effectively at home with CALPA and oral fluid rehydration. GPs are available to give support in addition, but the emergency department is still open 24-7 and is available for true emergencies uh, should they be required. All right. Well, listen, thank you and your colleagues for all your work during the year, and uh, we hope you get some family time yourselves over uh, Christmas, and we keep the fingers crossed that uh, January will not be what some people fear it will be. But we uh, appreciate uh, your time and your clarity as well this morning. Dr. John Toomey, consultant paediatrician at the Children's Arc at University Hospital Limerick. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With AIB, proud supporter of the Goal Mile. You can register now at goalmile.org. AIB, we pledge to do more.